Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. I'm your host, Anastasia. And on today's podcast, I'm very excited to welcome another Anastasia from Supology. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about um, the company? Yes. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. And uh, very nice to meet another Anastasia. Um, so yes, yeah, Supology is founded by my parents in 2012. And it's basically a vegan free from soup brand. And at the time, we were the first company to ever bring out a vegan brand that was soup. Um, Nowadays, it's a bit more common. Um, But yeah, at the time, my parents kind of saw a niche in the market where people who have allergies weren't really being catered for in the soup industry. And so they really kind of narrowed in on that. And it basically grew from strength to strength as more people understood veganism and understood what that meant for the planet and their health, um, as well as obviously uh, the kind of animal rights aspect as well. Um, So, yeah, from there, we've grown a lot and we're in some big supermarkets now. And then so the latest thing that we're bringing out is actually something called Super Cubes, which is our kind of most sustainable thing that we've ever done. Um, And Yes, so I kind of want to speak a bit about Supercubes today. Um, So Supercubes is something that I actually came up with because I have always really wanted to find a way to get us out of plastic tubs, which most fresh soups are all in plastic tubs. And we were, I think, one of the first to be in recyclable plastic tubs. And I remember at the time we weren't really making a big thing about the fact that they were recyclable. And when I joined my parents' company, I was saying to them, if it is recyclable, we need people to know this because this is such a big thing that no one else is really talking about. So, yeah, from there, I kind of was really just had it in my head that I just wanted to find a way for it to be possible to make soup, but without the plastic tub. And so when compostable packaging came about, I was thinking this has to be there has to be a way for this to work but you can't really put hot soup into compostable packaging because we did try that. And basically all the soup fell out the bottom of the bag all over the floor. So we realized, okay, so hot soup can't go into compostable packaging. Um, So there must be another way because in order for there to be a shelf life, you have to have the soup really hot and then you have to chill it down really fast. And that's how we create our shelf life. So I was trying to find a way to have cold soup in the compostable packaging And then one day I was just thinking not only about sustainability in terms of plastic, but also in terms of food waste, how much we waste food and that there must be a way to kind of combine everything and create the ultimate soup. Um, And yeah, so from there, I just kind of had this idea that maybe if we froze the soup into cubes, then that way people could just store it in their freezer. It could be in the compostable packaging. You're not going to waste it because we could put it into portion sized cubes and that's really where the idea came from we trialed it a few times we gave it out to people to see if it worked for them and basically everyone that we gave it to was so excited about the idea that they could just store soup in their freezer and that they weren't going to waste anything so we currently have it as 150 gram cubes so two cubes will give you a full-size portion one cube could be more for a child or if you want to use it for a sauce Um, And it's just so easy now that you can just store soup in your freezer, which is obviously quite a random novel concept. Um, But yeah, it's really, I think, revolutionising soup. It's the first time 
at least as far as we're aware, first time ever that soup has been produced in this way. That is just really easy for the consumer to pick up soup. You can have it in your freezer all summer long. Then on a day like today, when it's a bit more grey and you decide actually it's a bit cold and I do fancy soup today, you can just take it out your freezer. Um, and it's, yeah, it's so convenient. It allows so much more flexibility. And more importantly, it really achieves all the sustainable goals that I was hoping for. Great. Thank you so much for that introduction. And you've mentioned loads of aspects which we will touch on um, through as the podcast goes on. But one of the main and perhaps basic questions that I have is why soup? So <laughs> um, the soup, well, it really started in the beginning. So in my house, it's always been my dad that cooks. It's never been my mom. Well, she tried and then soon realized it was better that my dad just took over the great love that um we don't know if she did that on purpose in order to outsource it all but either way it worked very well um and yeah so my dad has just always cooked and he just has always been into making soups and without really realizing it he was making them vegan so he would never add butter or cream or anything like that he never added meat into it um and we didn't really think that much of it but until we were that bit older so as I say my parents started the business in 2012 but it was probably beginning of 2011 that I was still at school but my sisters were at university and my parents were really just keen to make sure we were eating well and getting vegetables and that kind of went hand in hand with then making lots of soup because you can pack so much into the soups and also you can probably get more vegetable in the soup than you would eat just naturally if you cooked it as it is um so yeah they really started from that and then my parents were looking for a business idea they're very entrepreneurial generally and they like working together so they were looking for an idea and there was a Christmas market at the end of 2011 and they thought okay well let's just try and take some soups there and see what happens and within about an hour all the soup had been gone everyone was saying to them uh you know is this dairy free oh I can't have it because I'm gluten free and they were saying no you can have it it's fine and they suddenly realized that there was almost like this underground veganism that no one really knew about in 2012 and yeah they just thought actually this could really be something and it really grew from there that they decided okay we're going to focus on these soups because I mean, there are so many vegetables in the world. You can have endless combinations. It's really a good um, product to be into. Um, we also do some meals now, but they're kind of more like a stew. So along similar lines, really packed with vegetables as well. But we add in like a bit of rice and that kind of thing to bulk it up a bit more um, in terms of it being a meal rather than a soup. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it started from. And they've never really wanted to change from that. Yeah. And it's so it's such a great niche market, in my opinion, to go into, you know, making soups, as you mentioned, because personally, I absolutely love soup. Will I ever make it on my own accord from scratch? Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> so <laughs> having an option which is sustainable, super healthy, as you said, is packed with vegetables. It's so convenient. And I think that there is again such like a growing market for it especially because people are becoming so much more not only environmentally cautious but also um health conscious as well exactly yeah. yeah and 
one thing that I also wanted to get your opinion and perception on is you did mention that when you first joined your parents' company, they weren't necessarily advertising the fact that their packaging was made from recycled plastic. Now, um, fast forward a couple of years, I feel like everyone is doing that. And I'm curious to know whether that is more because the consumer base has become a lot more sustainability cautious. So they're, you know, doing that to attract um, more consumers or whether do you think it will perhaps reach a point where all packaging is recyclable and perhaps actually advertising that will no longer be something that is going to get you more consumers? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting question. I would say, at least in the beginning, it's something that we notice generally quite a lot with things that we do on our labelling, is if we put the recyclable logo on, then within a few months, you suddenly notice all these other brands putting the recyclable logo, or things like we'll come up with an interesting flavour and you suddenly, everyone seems to kind of be aware of what everyone else is doing and really taking note of it. So in that respect, I would say, that yes, probably it was something that other companies realise, our competitors realise, oh, actually, that's important. If they're doing it, maybe that is an important thing. And so they took that on. But I would say now, I almost think it's a baseline requirement because there are so many times when I see packaging and it says it's not currently recyclable and it hasn't been currently recyclable for years because I've been checking constantly. They say, oh, we're working on it, we're working on it. And then you look and it's still exactly the same messaging saying not recyclable. And I just think it's so easy now almost to at the very least make your packaging recyclable. There are so many options out there. And so, yeah, I think that it's almost going to be like a a requirement from the consumer to say, I don't really want to buy this if I don't have to, because there are so many other options. Why would we choose something that isn't at the very least recyclable? Um, then the other thing is to obviously use recyclable, recycled uh, plastic, first of all, so that then, yes, it you can recycle it again, but you're already using plastic that has been recycled. So that would sort of be the next step, I think, in terms of using plastic still. Um, in terms of our super cubes, I think at least my general plan would be that we would almost have to re- educate people as to how soup can be consumed so that people understand going to the freezer for soup could be a thing and then once it does become a thing and people are more aware of it we could almost transition out of the plastic tubs completely and just become frozen Mm -hmm. because that makes the most sense actually so in terms of what we're doing we're always looking to not just stay still and you know say okay recycle so great we're just going to stay like that then we always want to be moving on And I would imagine probably the rest of the soup industry and other industries will end up following soup because it just makes so much more sense. Um, So, yeah, I think it's definitely is a difficult question to to know for sure. I think usually these sorts of things are led by, unfortunately, money and, you know, the consumer wants this, so we'll have to give it to them. Um, But I would hope nowadays it's more than just money. It's more, you know, having uh, environmentally conscious mindset and wanting to do things that are good for the planet, not just, you know, for the consumer, because they think it's the right thing to do for that rather than for themselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And also what I find very interesting is, as you mentioned, um, a lot of organizations which are saying, oh, we are going to have recyclable or recycled packaging like it's coming. We're in the process of, you know, getting that sorted and into the pipeline. From my understanding, of course, I'm no expert in, you know, the food industry and the, and the packaging industry. But the way that I perceive it is that you usually would purchase your packaging from another provider, like a third party. And if they already have everything in place and they are saying that we provide recycled or recyclable packaging and here's the evidence that this is actually the case, then what are people waiting for? <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, no, I completely um, agree. And that's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me because there are so many things where I think this is easy to solve. I don't understand why they haven't. I mean, something that actually springs to mind just because I have dogs is a lot of dog food packaging. All of that is in packaging that says it's not currently recyclable. And I just think there are so many options that they could be using right now, particularly compostable pouches, things like that, that would really make a big difference because people feeding their pets, you know, every single day, twice a day or three times a day even, and you'll just throw it in the bin constantly. And yeah, it seems a shame to me because there are so many options. And I actually found it quite exciting to challenge myself to think, okay, this is a product we currently have. It wouldn't work in compostable as it is. So how can we work around it? And it took about two years to really think about how to do that. But we did get there because we were thinking about it. We didn't just leave it. And I want to not necessarily circle back, but perhaps delve in deeper uh, to talk about the super cubes. Mm -hmm. And something that I think of when I think of, you know, soup that you can get from Sainsbury's or Tesco's, which isn't plastic, but the fresh soups, they're so convenient. If you want to very quickly warm it up at home or, for example, if you're at the office, you can do it in an office kitchen. It's super easy and quick. How are super cubes also that easy to, you know, warm up and cook regardless of where you are? Or perhaps what was your, you know, manufacturing and thought process behind it in terms of ensuring that that convenience aspect is also there? Yes. So it was something we really thought about because I kept on saying yeah, this is such a good idea such a good idea and then my mom was saying but what about people in offices you know they can't buy frozen soup and if there isn't a freezer at work which there usually isn't then what are they going to do with it and so we really had a long think about it and we realized first of all in terms of in the home it takes about the same amount of time to heat up the super cubes as it would to heat up a normal soup so you can do that in the microwave in your bowl or in a mug um, or you can heat it up in a saucepan so it takes about the same amount of time just a few minutes um, and in terms of the office we thought well actually the cubes can defrost so you could have it overnight say you just leave it on the counter because they're so cold you can leave it out and they'll defrost you can then pour it into um, a container to take to work in order to heat it up at work or even better which is what I do which is just heat it up in uh, a jug and then I pour it into a flask and it will stay warm all day long. And then you know that you've got it there and it's already heated. So you don't even need to wait to heat it up at work or anything. Um, and yeah, I mean, to me, it's even more convenient, I think, than buying a fresh soup. Because with a fresh soup, you have an expiry date. And if you even have half the soup, you've got even less time to now finish it, usually a couple of days to finish it. And if you don't end up finishing it, that just becomes food waste. 
Whereas with the super cubes, you're taking out exactly what you need. So it actually gives you so much more flexibility because you don't, you're not reliant on, I've only got, you know, two more weeks to have this, or I've only got two days to finish this tub. Now you can say, I took out what I wanted. I finished it. And I can wait now. If I wanted to, I could wait another three months and then I could have it again. And you don't have to worry about it. It's just something that's always there whenever you need it. And to me, that's almost the ultimate convenience is to just say something that is there. You don't have to worry about it going out of date because you've got basically over a year to consume it. Um, And even better, something that was something that we realized just while we were coming up with the whole idea is that by freezing the soup immediately after it's made, you're really suspending all that nutrients from the moment that it was made and with all vegetables soups anything that is cooked in order for it to be uh, a product on the shelf it loses nutrients over the course of a few days and weeks it just loses more and more so it still is nutritious but it's not going to be as nutritious as the day it was made and with the super cubes what we realized was it's not only a convenience a sustainability thing it's also in terms of nutrients you're getting it from the day it was made from the moment it was made because it's frozen immediately and so for us it was all around you're getting fresher taste it's so much convenience so much flexibility to it and then no food waste and sustainability so all around it was just you know I think the way forward. Yeah that's such an interesting point that you touched on there at the end because my kind of follow-up question to this would would have been or may still be um people have such a stigma when it comes to frozen food um and a lot of the time I think perhaps it's it might be the older generation but I know that when I was a lot younger my mom was very opposed to frozen stuff because it doesn't have nutrients it's you know you don't know where it came from because it looks slightly different to when it would be you know if it's fresh but as you currently mentioned, it's like by freezing it immediately, you do have that pres- preservation of nutrients and actually it's just as good as if it was just freshly made. Yeah. And I, I guess because we have addressed that point, what would be quite interesting to know is perhaps the actual freezing process and how that's done. Yeah. Yeah. So there are actually multiple ways that you can freeze things. Um, which is what I realized afterwards. I was like, oh, okay, just I assume just put it in a freezer and that's it. But the way that we do it, which is what we think anyway is the best way to do it, is by blast freezing. So that is a, like a hugely <laughs> freezing freezer. Um, blast chiller is what it's actually called. And so we pour the soup into the cube molds and then you basically put it into the freezer and in under an hour, they're completely frozen solid. So if you compare that to a home freezer, which is how we did our first testing, that would take at least 24 hours for us to say, OK, these are fully frozen. So to go from being hot still to immediately frozen, that's why I'm saying we lock in so much freshness, because it's within an hour. Basically, you have got as soon as it was made, it's frozen within an hour. Um And also the benefit of blast freezing is that we're reducing the amount of frost that you get on the cubes. And again, this is something that I didn't really think about until I had to think about it, is that a lot of things that we buy frozen, part of the weight of the product is the ice. And so what we end up buying based on weight is actually water. And so something that we wanted to make sure wasn't happening is that you're basically buying something that is essentially free in this country and 
that made no sense because that was just basically misleading the consumer if you do that. And so by blast freezing, what we're doing is you get a very minimal amount of frost on just the very top of the cube. The rest of the cube should be completely frost free. And so you're not paying for water, essentially. So to us all around, this seemed like the best way to freeze. And yeah, I still think it is. I still look into the odd thing about, you know, the next thing in terms of uh, freezers and what will happen and what's the best way to do it. But to me, this is the best way right now. And also one other thing that I wanted to discuss was you did mention at the begin at the beginning that all of the soups are vegan. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know, inevitably, of course, it's understandable that, you know, it's there is an environmental benefit to vegan cuisine and just vegan lifestyle. Um, but just in terms of, you know, because this is a family business, I'm just curious whether your whole family are vegan or what perhaps was the thought process behind just making the soup specifically vegan? Yes. So it actually coincided with founding the company. And then at the time I had just turned vegetarian, um, which was actually for, in terms of animal reasons. So Mm -hmm. it was actually from seeing some fish that I saw, you know, when you get fish sometimes that has the eyes and the fins and everything like that. I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. So I was just completely put off having fish and meat and everything. And so then soon after that, one of my other sisters uh, also turned vegetarian. And so it's been a process of kind of slowly (laughs) converting the whole family. So at the time it was my parents saying, okay, we'll we'll keep the soups vegan because it suited me and my sister. And they were realizing that more and more people were wanting that as a soup. Um, And it made sense to then provide that because actually what we spoke about a lot is you'd go to different people and you'd say our soups are vegan and they'd be like, oh, well, I eat meat, so it's not for me. And what we were saying is, don't you realize actually by making it vegan and free from and we're free from the 14 main allergens what you're actually doing is opening it up to so many more people because if you want to add meat or you want to add cream you can do that but if we've already put that in and you're vegan you can't have it now so it made so much sense in terms of giving people so many more options was to keep it vegan and gluten-free and all of that and so yeah over time more of my family not all of my family are completely vegan but more and more we are becoming that way um and we're you know slowly converting (laughs) I think they don't always realize but you know it'll be the end of a week and they'll be like oh haven't had any meat this week or any fish or anything and you know just slowly converting them over time um but yeah and it makes the most sense I think everyone feels better not eating meat not eating fish it's so much lighter as a diet I think um so yeah slowly getting there but (laughs) we are getting there (laughs) yeah great um and also something I'm very interested in is your supply chain process in terms of where do you get your you know produce from and how do you also if you do which I'm sure you do ensure that all of that is also you know sustainable and um ethically sourced Yes, so our main factory where the majority of our soups are made is in Yorkshire and the other one is in Southern Ireland. And so the one in Yorkshire in particular, um, they are the ones that source all the vegetables for us mainly. So as far as possible, they try and get everything locally, which are actually very successful in doing it. It's really nice to know that they can do that. And part of that is also that we're not picking ingredients that are 
you know a bit more wild and would have to be sourced from abroad so that's why a lot of our flavors are quite stable ingredients we just try and mix them around in different combinations in order to give people lots of options um and the other thing is that at one point we wanted to go into doing like a wonky veg soup so using vegetables that the supermarkets reject which is unfortunately a huge amount because again something we didn't know until we looked into it was that supermarkets will not accept certain vegetables if they look a certain way they will only accept it if they think that it's acceptable to what the consumer would want to buy so we realized actually there's so many fruit and vegetables just going to waste because they look a little bit different and so yeah we went into doing a wonky veg soup where we used some carrots and some onions that just wouldn't be accepted by the supermarkets and then what we realized soon afterwards was why are we just doing this with one why are we just doing one range let's do it across the board so now it's something that actually i think we need to make a bigger deal of on our packaging because we don't currently state it is that we actually use it across all of our soups so all of our soups wherever possible wherever our uh, manufacturers can source it they're getting wonky vegetables and it makes so much more sense because that way we're not using vegetables that would otherwise just go to waste and that's a huge amount and unfortunately in terms of food waste it is manufacturing that usually uses up i think i read the other day it's about 40% of food waste is from the manufacturing process and 60% is from in the home us just generally making food waste um so yeah it's good to know that we're trying to combat that in terms of manufacturing as well and now we're trying to do it in the home too i think that that kind of whole concept of wonky veg whether as you mentioned you currently use it in manufacturing which is fantastic or you know when you do have it on the shelves and like i think tesco do it sainsbury's yes um it's it's really good and it's just it needs to be done because i i don't necessarily know like the history behind it but the whole standards of how food needs to look like for it to then be appealing to consumers I think that that's so bizarre yeah I know it is it's a shame it's um I don't know how they even determine it fully I don't know if there's you know images of what it has to look like and if it doesn't comply then they get rid of it but um I think sometimes you see the odd thing you know like carrots that have kind of two parts to the carrot and I suppose things like that I don't know I think it's quite nice particularly when you see it in Tesco's like you're saying Sainsbury's as well yeah I think it's actually a really nice thing to see and it to me feels much more organic in a way to say this is how it grew great okay I'll use it however it grew um you know if you do gardening yourself and you get all different sorts of shapes and it's quite fun to see it like that because that's just natural and actually to me it's much nicer than saying they will have to look a certain way because it in a way appears unnatural to to do that and to kind of discriminate in terms of looks yeah I understand what you mean completely I think that actually seeing something in its natural way that it was created and if it's a bit different then that's just really cool because you know that's the way that it grew from the earth and and that's fantastic yeah and um yeah I also I'm not particularly sure where those standards came from however I do remember studying that in the EU there's a certain degree into which the banana needs to be bent for for it to be sold and I was like right and then also just more generally I wanted to kind of follow up on the topic of frozen food and it would be great to just know your opinion and perception about how you think 
um, you can get consumerism. I think something actually that you were mentioning just before about how uh, when you're younger and your mum would say, oh, you know, there's a thing about frozen and there's a bit of a stigma around it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the more we speak to buyers in different um, places. So we're currently about to start selling in Tesco, I think this Monday. So fingers crossed it all <laughs> goes smoothly. Um, so, yeah, this Monday. And then we're starting on Ocado in September. Amazing. Um, yeah, so it was really exciting. But the thing that they were saying to us is, but how are you going to get people to the frozen aisle? Because you tend to get people going to the frozen aisle who know what they want already, because you don't go there to say, oh, yeah, I wonder what's in frozen today, because people just don't do that. Because I suppose it is, I don't know, a hangover from the past where people just think of frozen as usually cheaper and usually like you were saying not particularly fresh or nutrient dense and I really think that's changing I mean we're going to be in the plant-based section of Tesco and I think the plant-based section generally is where the most innovation happens because there's different plant-based frozen meat out there and so many things are happening in plant-based I think that's probably where the most innovation in frozen is taking place but yeah I think to really make a campaign on here to say that actually frozen is just as good for you if not better in certain circumstances um and it's a task that we're going to have to try and educate people about and say actually frozen is not just affordable which it is and I think that's so such an exciting thing as well to say that the soup is so affordable and people often will say to us you know um what about tin soup you know that's affordable and you can recycle the can and actually what we're saying is, first of all, you're getting more in our super cubes than you'd get in a tin because we're packing it with more portions. But also with a tin, we often find it's kind of too much for one person to have and too little for two people to share. So you end up with food waste still. And so with the super cubes, what we're really saying is it's not only just as affordable, or if not more affordable than tin, but we're also completely eradicating food waste as far as we possibly can. And also in terms of frozen we have so much nutrients in there that only can happen because of the frozen process. So, um, yeah, we really want to make people aware that frozen is something that I think is on the rise and is really important and something that we should really consider as a really good option and a really healthy option. Yeah, absolutely. To all our listeners, make sure to check out the frozen sections at supermarkets and specifically look for Supology. And I guess to wrap us up, you did say that you're currently available in, well, you will be available as of Monday in Tesco's and um, Ocado quite soon. Um, Where can people currently find you and buy your product? Yes, so our fresh soups are also in Tesco on Ocado. So we have quite a big range on Ocado there. Um, We're also in Waitrose, we're in Costco. Um, our meals are also in Tesco and also WH Smith in train stations. Um, we're in Whole Foods, Planet Organic and in lots of independent health food stores. And if you ever want Supology in a local store, what's really great is you can just go to the shopkeeper and say, do you stock this? If they don't, then they can often just find us and, and start stocking us. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of a lot in the independent stores up and down the country. Thank you so much for your time today. It was great speaking with you um, and learning more about the family business and just about the soup industry in general. 
Um, to all of our listeners, I will include the links to Supology um, in, the, in the description of this podcast, as well as all the links to Sustainability Speaks. So make sure to check us out. Thank you so much. Thank you.